After officially making her exit on Scandal as Boniswa, we got to chat to Lusanda Mbanya about her highlights on the show and her future plans. Hello, hi, and welcome to the Chisapod. I am your host, Joy Mpande. Uya's umzanzi selevil is filled with flavor. But you know that ge o batla go tseba gore fame e re mongwaneng. Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Tonga yongi into nje because if it's hot then it's definitely in the cheese pot. All right, so first of all, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Yes. Um, mm, so I'm just going to get straight into it. I mean, the end of uh, the, your character, Boniso on Scandal, obviously shook a lot of your fans because, you know, you were quite a fave. But I want us to start at the genesis of it all, right? Okay. I want you to take mm-hmm. me back to when you first got the call. You got the character, Boniso <laughs> on Scandal. Okay, so that was back in 2016. What had happened was um, when I made the decision to leave corporate, because prior to that, I was I was full-time in corporate and I practically just flirted with acting. I'd take a couple of cameos for three days, take leave from work, go back to work. And then at some point in 2015, I made the decision that I wanted to go into acting full-time because it was just that bug that wasn't going away. So 2015 late, I um, left my work and and only committed to a half day role in the corporate company. And then I started uh, to audition. And one of the first uh, few auditions that I did was for Scandal. Uh, But interestingly, it was for the role of Grace. Mm -hmm. And I went to audition and they got back to me and said they liked me very much, but didn't feel like the Grace character was where they wanted me. And, you know, it for me, it was just a typical regret letter. So I was rolling my eyes thinking they really didn't have to, you know, I didn't get the role, that's fine. And it was just that. And that was in 2015. But then in 2016, without me now having auditioned, um, I, I got a call to say, yep, they have the part for me now. Would I be interested? And this was the Boniswa role. So, yeah, that's how I got the call. I auditioned for Grace. And then almost a year later, the, I got a call to say, we've got the part for you. Would you be interested? And that was one. And by the way, according to that brief, she was warm, loving, Mother Nature Lee, all the beautiful <laughs> words that I, I saw in my head. I thought I'd be a likable character who's always smiling. But we now know it didn't quite turn out like that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, five years is a long time and we've seen that character evolve. Uh, but five years, yes. as I say, I mean, how's the journey been? Half a decade, really? Yeah, you know, and I've actually never stayed anywhere for five years in my life. I'm just not that girl. So five years for me is like, really? But it seemed to go by so fast. Mm. So when I walked in there um, with the brief that I'd been given, this likable character, it pretty quickly dawned on me that you could grow a scandal. I sort of spotted that from the time I walked in and the formula for growing there didn't seem very difficult to me. I kind of saw that if you're committed, you're dedicated, you come prepared and you show talent, um, all those ingredients, they, they usually see them. It just seemed to be the way that they worked. So I knew that I wanted to stay five years because I wanted to grow it to a point where I couldn't grow it anymore. But I mean, in my head at that time, it was still a good character, a lovable character. And so I gave what I thought were good ingredients, being reliable, being um, showing talent, going the extra mile, um, being prepared and all that. And very soon she did start to grow. 
Um, but then about two years into it, I then started to think maybe the five years wouldn't happen because that's when she started turning dark. And I was like, she's turning dark very quickly. I'm like, what do you mean, what is what did this? That's what you're writing, really? And I was like, guys, like, I want my job. If you start writing me into darkness, I know that villains kind of have to be caught at some point. So now you're shortening my career here. But, you know, they had discovered something in me and they thought that I could deal with the curveballs they were giving me. And that was the direction the character was taking. So around year two, I started to think that perhaps it will be shorter than the five years that I initially thought because I didn't know how far you could push a villain. And the way I know villains... The circle kind of turns pretty quickly. But then came year four, and they seem to still be going very strong with Boniswa. And when we met with my bosses um, in my annual negotiation meeting, so to speak, I was of the view, and I was saying this to them, that in my view, any career or any circle of life is a circle. You know, as, as much as you don't see the start or the end point, but I feel like when you start with anything, you're at the bottom, you are circling and working your way up. And there has to get to a point where you're at the tip and it's really the most up you can be. And I feel like from that point, it doesn't matter what you do. If the circle has had its lifespan, it then starts to go to the other side, which is going down. And I made it very clear that I, I, I didn't... I, I never want to do anything in my life to the point where the circle starts to go down and you literally can't do anything about it. You're just going down with it. So that's when we first started having the conversation of, okay, show me the rest of the stories. What's your plan for Boniswa in the coming year? And and so they did. And there were lots of interesting stories for Boniswa. And some I felt, whoa, goodness me, really you expect me to do that? But then in that meeting, we we then decided that this year would be the year that I'm going to close the chapter on Boniswa because I also wanted to start with something else that I can start from the beginning again, another interesting chapter. And looking at the stories, I was happy that they still had lots of interesting stories for her, but I didn't want them to get to a point where they didn't. And um, so last year already, we decided that now would be the, the end of Boniswa. So whenever they were writing, they were writing with that in mind. So that's pretty much been the journey. The good character that was supposed to just be some kind of recurring character that comes in for three months goes away for two ended up moving to Johannesburg and being a full-time um, character on screen um, ended up going from good to very bad to very dark and the journey for me also internally is that I then started having to find Bonisa within me you know mm. um, and and to find darkness and 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 give it truth is a very taxing exercise and sometimes you have to tap into parts of yourself that you don't want to tap into so I found her very emotionally taxing as well uh, at some points in the journey I would battle to de-roll I would battle to come out of her I think I remember a time when she had lost the seco and um, I think I went for two months with with one outfit the black um, outfit Yoguzila, and that's all I wore on set. And I got to a point where just walking into my dressing room and seeing that dress would reduce me to tears. And I was I was battling to just differentiate because that is the space that she was in. And I think Lusanda was empathizing and sympathizing with Boniswa, and that kind of sort of became my space. So it takes a lot out of you as well. And also thinking back to a storyline where she was locked up in a cage. And I mean, I am generally, as Lusanda, quite claustrophobic. So for me, that was, that was a taxing storyline. And, and it was very difficult for me to be in there and not feel like I'm closed up, even as Lusanda. So the journey for me has been one of, I think, even self-discovery, because you have to reach deep within yourself to find that darkness. But I also think there's a good side to it, because 
when you, when you look within yourself, it doesn't matter if you're looking for darkness, you're also bound to find light. And I think Lusanda came out of herself a lot during the Boniswa time. A lot of good decisions, a lot of um, moves that I've made as Lusanda have come out of me looking within probably to find Boniswa, but I found Lusanda too. And that for me has been the beauty of it. So it's been like a beautiful full circle for me, a, a full circle that I'm happy to leave intact. I'm happy to leave in its greatness and in whatever it is that it was created to be. And I'm proud of, and I'll probably forever miss. And, um, but, but I leave it as that. And, and, yeah. and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you also speak of it being emotionally taxing. And a lot, a lot of actors obviously speak of them pulling from their own personal um, life experiences in order to, you know, compensate with the, on the character. Where exactly were you pulling from? I mean, obviously, it being emotionally taxing, where are you pulling from when you, you know, become this dark bonito? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know sometimes all these techniques that people speak of. I'm not a trained actor. I'm, my degree is in business. I'm, I'm a trained business person. I'm not a trained actor. So, um, I mean, I've listened uh, to workshops, I've attended um, sessions, but my acting style is that I, I can only pull from truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I pull from a place of truth in that I have to see it, I have to feel it, I have to kind of access it with all my senses. And so you find that the two children I had on, on set, Olile and Kumani, in my eyes, became my two children, became Lishome and Likawe. So whenever something was happening around Kolile or Tumani or to Kolile and Tumani, I would visualize my own and that would be enough to reduce me to anything because just the thought that if this had to happen to any of my children, I would be a mess and, and automatically I would be. There came a point where I couldn't look at Kolile without seeing Likawe, you know what I mean? There came a point where, so that's what I saw. That, and, and of course, toying with these things and Im- all these imaginary things that you have to see every day because you are trying to bring truth to a story, mm-hmm. it can mess you up and you have to have your own routines that you use to come out of them, come out of them so that you can come home and look at your own children without visualizing what would happen if this and this and that, all those dark things that Boniswa's kids would have to go through. Um, I mean, there's a lot, when, when I needed tears and tears now, um, my grand, my late grand, who was my biggest supporter and my biggest cheerleader came into the picture quite a lot because thoughts of her and, and you know, when she came into the picture, it would reduce me to anything at any given time. So. I don't want to bring her to the fore. So bringing her to the fore is something that I sometimes couldn't then put away conveniently again. You know, reality is unfortunately not like that. You pull something that's deep that you know hurts you or that you know makes you feel a certain way. It then becomes difficult to, to chuck it away quickly again just because now it suits you. So that's where I pulled from. I pulled from my real life when I was a widow. I was a widow in my head and and, and that's enough to 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 take me to to a place of, 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 I can't imagine. And um, when things, my children were kidnapped, when my son was going nuts and, and in an institution, I pulled from a place of truth because everything that surrounded Boniswa, I have it in my real life as well. And I think that's where I pulled it from. Mm. 
And um, I mean, luckily now therapy is no longer a taboo and a lot of people now do go through to it. Um, and you also speak of the fact that um, you, you, you might have had a routine of sorts in order to, to you know, basically deal with all of these uh, emotions that, that come up when you're acting. Um, what has been your routine um, throughout your journey, obviously, of playing this character? Um, I think I have two go-to routines that I know will heal me at any point. And the first one is, is music. Um, music takes me anywhere I want to be taken. And I kind of have come to know what music takes me where. I have music that is specifically designed for me about to MC an event, about to speak at an event, about to facilitate a workshop. I have music that takes me to the right place for that. I have music that heals me. I can listen to absolutely anything. It can be a gospel song. It can be an R&B. It can be anything. But I do have my go-to music, that I, a playlist that I know must play for me to, to center again, to come back from wherever zone I've taken myself to for work and, and, and come back to where I need to be for my sanity. So music is one. But secondly, I've never seen a need for, for me attending therapy as such. Um, and I think I'm very realistic about such things. I think if I ever needed to attend it, I would. And I think I would know. But funny enough, the way that I've found over the years for me to heal is to heal others. So when I'm at a place where I feel healing is needed, I usually record something that will heal others. Mm. And in, in there, in healing them, I find my healing. I think I have thousands and thousands of people saying to me, I, I was dead inside and I just didn't realize how much until you woke me up from that. I didn't realize that I'm a walking corpse, but every time I watch you speak, you bring me back to life. I didn't know I had so much potential in me until I watched one of your videos and I started binging on your videos. And since then, this is what I've started and this is what I'm now doing. This is now my business that started from one of your videos. And please, can you record more? Because every single time you speak, it seems like you're speaking directly to me. So I've then found that, oh, okay, that is actually what heals me. Because when I feel a certain way, I, I even start to physically shake and I feel like I need to share something with somebody. And that's what I do. And I've found that in every single word that other people may be, hold on, may be holding on to, it's me healing as well. So I think it's those two things in recent years that I've found that heal me. If, if it's not that deep, it's just me coming back to self, it's usually music. If it's gone a little bit deeper than that and I feel like I, I do need to do something to heal me, I usually speak. Um, and I speak off the cuff and I speak from the heart. And in speaking, I heal. Mm, mm. And um, I mean, woman to woman, right? Um, what did you love about Bonisa and what did you hate? <laughs> what I loved about Buniswa are the things that I probably feel like we have in common because a lot of things when Buniswa started to display them they were not necessarily bad things Buniswa, Buniswa is a fighter mm -hmm. I love that about her Buniswa will fight to the end 
Lusanda will fight to the end. And on, when it comes to fighting for what you believe in and fighting what you for what you want, I would look at Boniswa and say, girl, you and I, we're here. We, you are that girl. You are me. I am you. I love that. Boniswa loves her family. Um, she, she, she loves her family and everything that she will do, even when she moves to the point where she gets a little bit twisted. But usually the, in, the intention is to protect. I protect what I value. Boniswa is a go-getter and she's not afraid to lead. Boniswa is no follower of nobody. Boniswa is, especially because you said woman to woman, does not need any man to lead her. In fact, sometimes she even views the, the men as a means to an end because she believes that she deserves the title too, you know. And she works around societal limitations, like the fact that when she was in politics years ago, um, society believed that only a man can lead a political party. And so then she prepared Siseko to do that, even though she felt he was a little bit weak. But actually, the, the person that held the power was her so she doesn't dela herself because of patriarchy and she doesn't see roles that she can't perform because she's a girl and that she has in common with lusanda lusanda also is that girl that her dreams are valid um and there's nobody who can tell me that these are my limits because i'm a woman um my my being a woman is no kind of limitation you know is no kind of disability and i push through regardless of who it makes uncomfortable. So I loved that about her. Probably what, I don't know, hate is probably a strong word, but what I couldn't relate to with her is, is when the lines become so blurred between light and darkness. Um, as, so Lusanda has no limits and she will go as far as she needs to go, but Lusanda is guided by light. I, I have no concern that I will ever shift to darkness in trying to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So with Bonnie, so it was like, I will get, um, I'm sure you, there's other ways that you could achieve what you're trying to achieve there without like a body floating around or without a casualty floating around. So maybe what I don't like about Boniswa is that she will then hurt anybody. And I'm sure there would have been other ways. So hurting other people Nah, fam, I, I, I don't like that about her. But, but I think actually quite a lot of what she stands for, I loved. I loved to hate what is on myself, but I think I mostly love her. Mm. And are, are there any societal issues that concern women that you felt Bonita's storyline highlighted at one point or the other? Yes, let me just try and think if the one that comes to mind has started showing in the story. Um, Abuse and, and, and gaslighting. I, I, I certainly, there was a time when I battled to even separate myself from that bonus because I was just highly annoyed with the story. And I just, yeah, um, and it's after bonus gets married. I'm just, I didn't watch the past couple of days now. So I just don't want to release a story that's not out on screen yet. But I can certainly say in Bonisa's marriage, um, gaslighting, abuse, being looked down on and just being called a woman, but in a very derogatory sense when that word is used, um, that, that, that does trigger me. Um, being made to feel like you are less deserving of leading, like Boniswa was made to feel in her past in the politics. Mm. I'm not about that. I don't relate to that. It, it, it annoys me. Um, there's actually a lot in, 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 in her story um, that, that, that brought things that I feel quite strongly about. 
but also I think as Lusanda, as much as something in a story can come up that I, I don't like or that I, I, I'm irritated by, my way of dealing with societal issues as Lusanda is to uplift. So you might find very little of me in spaces where I'm actively um, speaking against. I try a lot not to speak against. I try to speak for. So with the woman that has been violated, that has been a victim of, of um, GBV, I try not to dwell there. I try not, I'm not usually the person that they come to with those experiences. I try to be the person that says, all right, it has happened. I hope you are getting the help that you need from the people who are equipped to help you. How can I help you move from the hole and start to grow up? So my my standing in society and what, what I stand for, what I feel passionate about is whatever injustice you have suffered, whether it's being violated in any kind of way, whether it's even poverty, whether it's being told you can't amount to anything. I try to come in from the bottom of this, the, the hole to say, how do we heal? And, and sometimes a lot of people would want to ask for my opinions. Why are you not talking about GBV? And, and I, I always say there's people who are equipped to do that. There are people who are given that gift of, of interrogating that. And I think the gift that I've been given is the gift of healing to say, okay, it's happened. Ubi, um, I'm feeling like I can't anymore. And I try to walk in there and say, okay, can we hold each other's hands? And with what we know, because I've got my past too, I'm not trained at anything, but how do we then walk to a place of healing? And and so I think that's why that's why my own life experiences, I never dwell on this happened. I dwell on when this happened, I cried, yes, but this is how I started to walk out of this. And so I relate to a whole number of issues, whether it's 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 violence, it's being violated, it's being looked down on, it's poverty, it's not being given the opportunities, it's feeling like you can't amount to it's I just believe that we can still meet and and address them. Yes, you can't gloss over them, but there's people who are equipped with that gift. Mine is to say. Let's now move to a, to, to a space of healing. So as much as a lot of storylines would have triggered me, I try not to, to go down to the hole of the trigger. I try to, to say, okay, I'm triggered. How do we come out? How do we heal? What can I do for the healing of, of, of society as a whole, I suppose? Yeah. Mm. And I mean, how now that it's pretty much come to an end, I mean, how does it and also, I want to know if you were involved, if you were, um, and how were you involved in, in, in ending the character of, of, of Bonisa? I wasn't. I wasn't involved, but I was involved. I wasn't involved in the writing of it, mm. um, but I was involved every single step. I always knew what is being written for six months time even um the way the way that they they work things at scandal is that they're, they're quite open about it they'll tell you where your character is going and they'll be very open to say you know if you feel that nah this is kind of when you say it we're thinking one two three what do you think but for me i've, I've always never wanted to get involved with the writing of a story um i've always believed that that when i take on a character I'm taking it on with everything that it's going to. I can't now suddenly 
no, I don't want to do that sex scene with Devolvo because Nalusand, I've got a problem with it. I, I don't believe that's what it is. I believe that I walk in, I separate Lusanda. Um, and in fact, I never got involved in anything. I never got involved in her makeup, in her hair, in her dressing. I'd sometimes look at myself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy this is Bonnie, so this is not me, you know. But I'm, I feel very strongly about not interfering with the people that have been given that responsibility. So there is a writer and they have come to know what works. And I trust that. There's a makeup artist and they've come to know what works when we are trying to tell a story that Moniswa is going through a dark place. There's someone who's going to do my hair to tell that story. There's someone who's going to design my wardrobe to tell that story. And one thing I've always been been true to throughout my time there is to say, I respect that. And so when they tell me what they're thinking, what they're playing around with idea-wise, sometimes I'd look at them and be like, oh my gosh. And they'd be like, no, 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 but we can change it. And they'd be like, no, don't. Uh, let's go. Let's go where you're going. Because like I've always said, go where you want to go because that's what you do. What I do is to bring it to life. And I've, I feel very strongly about just bringing the story to life and not trying to put Lusanda into it. Now, no, Lusanda wouldn't do that. I, I try to separate it completely. So yes, I was involved in the sense that I always knew where we're going and I endorsed it. It didn't really matter what my personal feelings were. And I think that's also what made the relationship easy. I think my bosses found it very easy to work with me because I just think that's what it's there for. I don't understand why I'd now be getting involved in story writing and suddenly be getting involved in having problems with playing a certain story when it's not me. So, yeah, I was, they involved me, but I didn't really have an interest in getting involved. I just wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. Let's reflect a little bit more as well. I mean, as Lusanda now, I mean, um, from the cast, uh, the cast uh, of Scandal, which of the actors did you form relationships and bonds with uh, Offset uh, that you feel like you will continue from henceforth that we might know? Okay, let's say from the very beginning, let me try and see who I encountered along the way. Um, there's Homoto, Christopher. I mean, <laughs> I was on the phone with her for an hour just yesterday. Um, I think, yeah, she kind of became a, a, a sister. It was uh, on an offset relationship throughout the time that she was there and mm. even after she left, because I, I think we, we, you know, she she comes through at whenever, when I most need her, without even knowing, she'll always just check up. Uh, MK, she still calls me MK from us having shared a man in the story. MK, are you okay? And, and, and that will take us into a two-hour conversation. So she's there. Um, continue the Sive, who plays my on-screen daughter. Mm. Um, her, yeah, effortlessly. Uh, I still feel, I still feel her joy even now. I still feel her pain even now, and I will always probably check up on her, and will probably always have that relationship. Um, I I had a good relationship with uh, Bongile Mansai. Not not often I'll speak to him, but I also feel like those are the genuine souls that I've come across. It doesn't matter if we don't speak for a year. When we do, it will always be like, what's up? And we'll be laughing and laughing and laughing. So he's not a regular contact. I mean, I haven't spoken to him probably in three, four months. But when I do, I know that the energy will still be that genuine energy that I can always relate to at any given point. Um, try and continue and see who else I encountered. There's Mapaseka. Uh, Mapaseka, 
and I's energies are very different. So it's not somebody that is like a BFF kind of relationship. It's not that at all. But I feel the relationship with Mapa Seka, she, she always effortlessly brought out the artist in me. So my crazy moments off camera were usually with Mapa Seka. So I enjoy her playful spirit. So when I feel like, no man, somebody needs to challenge me out of this rut or, you know, if, if I need somebody to just make me forget that I'm 42 and just bring out the child in me, Mapaseka is the one that usually effortlessly does that. So mm-hmm. I think I'll probably always connect with her purely, you know, we connect with people for different energies. I'll probably always connect with her for that. I'll probably call her and say, eh, bra, I need like to do some kind of skit. Can you just come and bring your craziness here? Can we record something? So she's that person. So, um, probably her as well um there's hungani hungani is we're not close but i think hungani and i have a relationship where we have always looked at each other and acknowledge the achievers in us so hungani is the person that understood that i'm always working and i could always tap into his something that kind of mirrored that so hungani is a is a hard worker you hungani is a perfectionist hungani is a he knows he can go very far and we had that in common so usually when we would sit in each other's dressing rooms and have a discussion it was usually something that had to do with a dream that we had and we needed each other's energy to kind of so we, we just see each other I, I i think so we're probably not gonna have coffee we're probably not gonna go out for a drink or anything but even just last month i called hungani and i said i need a, i need someone to conceptualize something for me and hungani is that person because i believe in his perfectionism and i believe in his standards of doing anything that he does and i see him and he sees me from from an achieving point of view hungani is a good energy to have around you so it's one that i'll probably not lose after that i'll probably be trying to scrape very hard um if it doesn't come to my mind immediately then it probably means that it was contacts i had nice to have in a working environment and maybe if we happen to meet along the way it will be great but those are the ones that I will probably intentionally keep mm-hmm. uh, what have you what have been your favorite moments on set or if we can actually go back to one moment where you're just like this is a great day at work today <laughs> which one would it be oh what always comes to my you see now you're making me very sentimental um what always comes to my head that I think I will always miss as a good day at work is a scene, any scene in the Langa loft. Mm. And in that scene, there will be me, Boniswa, there will be Olile, there will be Kumani, there will be Mtunzi, there might be Humuzo, um, uh, Yvonne, mm. and there will be um, Lerumo in that scene those scenes are still what comes to my head when I think oh my gosh I'm happy to leave this place but I will miss this place that's what comes to me firstly the 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 language that would be in that space everybody in there wanted to uphold the highest standards did I mention Romeo sorry Romeo was in that scene definitely because he always is the reason that kind of made the balance. He, we, need, we needed him to, 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 to balance the scales of a scene like that. So it would have a, a Boniswa with her kids. It would have a Mtunz. It would have a Romeo. It would have a Lerumo featuring Yvonne every now and then. The language in that scene would be amazing. Mm. 
Those were artists who cared about upholding the highest standards when it comes to language, because we learned very early on in the Langa cycle that the minute the Langas came on, viewership in the Tosa-speaking provinces shot up. And it was, I can't remember the percentages, but they were ridiculously high. Mm -hmm. So we became aware from even readings on social media that they really treasure the way that we speak without diluting, without um, weakening and any Joburg antiques. It was just raw language. And so we played on that very early and we were all aware of it. So we would be rehearsing scenes and correcting each other's language because, you know, my kids are the younger generation and they were not always perfect because their generation is they're not speaking the language all the time but they really wanted to so we shared moments of laughing at each other when someone gets an accent wrong or a word wrong we would then correct each other and 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 we would then have this invisible competition even of wanting to speak the highest form of Kosa and it would get even ridiculous and we'd be saying to each other guys it's not that deep you can really just say this you don't have to go there and of course Bongile would like exaggerate to the highest end and then we'd be laughing at each other there would be Romeo who would be looking at us like are, are you guys for what are you even saying like how can I say my lines if I don't know what you're saying and of course he would be the joke and in there there would usually be um, Lerumo because of course we have committed one or other kind of crime and is coming to do his investigations and somebody's usually guilty of something. And we started making this joke that Lerumo has actually never arrested anyone, he's never solved any case, he's always coming here just to tell us he doesn't know anything yet. And, and so he also became a joke. And by the time we'd start recording that scene, we couldn't keep a straight face. We were always getting into trouble for laughing. And while we are laughing and we cannot deal and this is supposed to be a high stakes scene with high emotion and probably even tears. Here we are laughing and I'm sure frustrating everybody in, in the office and the production. And the, the floor manager starts to count us down three, two, one. And here we are with these faces that looks like we're about to burst out laughing. And I'm sure we frustrated them with that. But those were the happiest times of my life on set. It was the highest form when it comes to performance. Uh, it's performers who wanted to to, to rise to the occasion. We wanted to make sure that we are all performing to the expected levels. We held each other to very high standards on performance, on language, on preparation, on everything. And we were not scared to call each other aside when one is even dropping the ball a little and say, no, we, we, we don't do it like that here. And we would listen to each other. So for me, if you had to ask me about the best times of my scandal life, it would have to be a situation like that. Hmm. So what's what's next for Lusanda? I read somewhere that you're going on an acting hiatus until September. Is that correct? I wouldn't quite call it a hiatus. It like sounds very deep and thought through. It's 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 not that deep. I think what just sort of frustrated me towards the end is that I do have a business that I that I started or that I started being active in, in August, 2020. And because I started to be very intentional about it, it started to gain momentum very fast. And it started to become something that I can grow into a legacy. It started to become something that I want to one day hand over to my kids. And I started to be extremely intentional about that. And I found that I battled to do so 
when I was on set 12 hours a day, just about every day, um, then you find that you start treating it like a side hustle. And that's really not what it's designed to be. I felt that it's so close to my heart that I wanted to give it its time. And I just couldn't because I was committed to this contract. So for me, the blessing in the ending of Boniso was that I could now just take two or three months, and I say it exactly like that. So it's not like a well thought through, I will take three months. It's just a well thought, it's just a thing of saying, if it can be one month, that will be fine. I don't think it can be one month, thinking of the strides that I'm trying to, 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 to make in this business. I'm trying to form partnerships. I'm trying to acquire assets. I'm trying to grow it into a brand that is synonymous with excellence. So you can't do a touch and go when you're trying to do that. So I thought, if I can have one month uninterrupted, maybe two, but ideally three uninterrupted, I will be able to take this business into something that people already recognize from something that people already recognize into something that is synonymous when you start mentioning South African black brands. I'm trying to get it there. If I take three months full and lay the groundwork, after three months, I'll be able to leave other people to manage the day-to-day, and then I can just get involved in the strategic decision. So what I'm doing for the past two weeks since leaving Scandal is that I'm, I'm in there. I'm in my studio handling people's orders, calling people when it looks like their order is delayed, dealing with suppliers, throwing tantrums when the quality is not up to standard, Mm. talking to designers to design my summer range, saying, no, I don't like this. So I'm actively involved. I'm absorbed in there all day, every day, writing letters to try and propose partnerships. So that is the full-time job if you're trying not to cut corners. Yes, I'm very aware that I probably will not be able to go to three months without starting to feel a little bit of a void because acting for me is a bug that will consistently come back to bite me if I don't give it the space that it deserves. So the hiatus probably stems from me saying that, that I just want to do what my triple Z legacy empire in the making needs me to do, to give all of me to it for as long as I can. Listen, if if I get a role after two and a half months, and I'm like, no, I can't let this one go because it might not come around something like this again, then I will take it. And I'm hoping that the universe will just allow me to go far enough in the business before I get into, I just don't, I'm hoping not to get interrupted in what I'm doing now very quickly. But if I do get interrupted, I'm an opportunist. When I see an opportunity, I will not let it pass because I also believe that timing is everything. If this is the time for that now, then this is the time for that now. I can't be like, oh no, no, so I so I won't do that. But I'm saying this is my wish and this is what I'm putting there to the universe just, just to give me a little time to give fully to my business so that I can literally take it from what I've created in 10 months and take it to the next level. And when I've created the foundation for next level and it looks like, no, definitely we're going there now, I can then hire the right people that have, this, that have the same values that the business stands for in order to take it forward for me, at least on an operational level, so that I can then give my time to my first love, which, which is acting and maybe give my time to my other first love, which is radio, you know, with the universe willing. These are all the things that I'm hoping will happen, but I'm hoping to take these eight, 12 weeks just to give fully of myself to Triple Z. Okay, so does that mean you won't be auditioning or taking on roles? Unless, obviously, if it's just, you know, too good to say no to. Um, But but is that the case? Um, 
I will I will probably not be doing the audition where there's a brief and you can call anyone that fits this role, let them come. I probably will not be doing that. Mm. Um, but I will I will listen to intentional calls that have me in mind for something. That conversation I will entertain. And then once we meet conversation, I will then think, okay, does this make sense for me to 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 kind of drop where I am or at least let loose a little bit? And 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 I might take I might take it on just because I miss acting. I might take a six-month role because it will not keep me that busy and I can still dedicate more time. So I'm trying right now to balance acting with triple Z. So if I find if I find a character that's intriguing, but she'll keep my acting going, but at the same time, she'll allow me to still for a few more months give time to triple z so it's kind of balancing decisions not necessarily no i will not audition no i will not take roles i will i will take roles i'll probably be missing acting by next week and i'll probably be going nuts already Mm -hmm. so it will just be trying to balance my sanity but where you probably will not find me is that audition where it says here's a brief can you call anyone who fits it because there then that can become too time consuming then you can now find yourself becoming a professional auditioner from day to day so i will not do that Mm -hmm. um but someone who's sitting in a room conceptualizing something and in that conceptualizing of that something sees me playing that role and calls me and says, can, can we meet? I just want to, okay, can we read a script together? I'll, I'll do that. Yes, mm. absolutely. Mm. Uh, Triple Z, are there any new projects that you're working on that we should look out for? Um, yeah, what can you tell me about this? Triple Z, I'm, I'm, I'm now... I'm now working on acquiring the assets that I need to operate. I don't even have a triple Z vehicle. And uh, uh, for me, that doesn't make sense. Um, Just in the past week, I've been looking at my books and it looks like I've been spending in the area of about 15,000 rand on transport alone because I don't have a vehicle. Now, that doesn't make sense, but it continues to happen because the the founder of triple Z is sitting on set for 12 hours and does not have time to dissect the patterns. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so triple Z, I'm looking at I'm looking at accounting. I'm looking at sales performance month on month. Are we growing? Are we doing? And using that information to say, all right, what am I ready to do right now? What assets can I acquire right now that makes sense for where we are that are long overdue? But what I can tell you is that where I'm going is 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 physical stores. Um, where I'm going is physical stores. I've been trying to really suss out the patterns of is retail still relevant? Um, is online better? And, 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 and really dissecting the patterns of our sales for since the 10 months that we started. And I'm still of the opinion that I need to go the route of physical stores because of the buying patterns of us, our black people. We decide, well, I'm going to that thing on Saturday and I want to wear a triple Z tracksuit and we make this decision now. And online sometimes does not accommodate that because of the turnaround time. And so, no, we're going with my girlfriends on Saturday. There's eight of us who all want to wear matching tracksuits. We're deciding this now and we want to go and physically view these tracksuits and fit them on. And online is not necessarily trusted yet among our people, which are our my target market. And so... It's, it's it's becoming inevitable that we need to go the route of, of, of physical stores. And so everything that I'm doing right now is to analyze from the time that we started and to say, okay, it looks like Cape Town leads by far when it comes to sales. And the way that they tend to buy is that they buy 20 at a time. All teachers in that school are currently wearing triple Z hoodies. All those schools in that area in Cape Town, the numbers, they make sense. Let's start there. So... If I had to say just high level without getting specific is to say I'm acquiring 
the assets that I need to acquire in order to drive the, the business forward. And secondly, um, I'm investigating the, the physical stores, making sure that I'm making the right decisions about where, uh, because sometimes we tend to start where we come from, that that might not be the best route to go. So I'm analyzing the information to make sure that the due diligence is done properly, that I do it correctly. That's where I am. Mm, mm. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. This is amazing. I think quite insightful as well. Um, and we look forward to this chapter. Well, this chapter until you come back on screen, because we're obviously looking forward to that <laughs> one as well. And on radio as well. So all the best with that. I'm putting it to the universe and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in the universe. I trust it completely and I trust the, the timing of the universe. I trust that when it's time, the universe will literally conspire in favor of me to make it happen. That's how as much as I analyze strategies and analyze graphs and stuff, most of who I am is completely reliant on the universe and, and being instinctive and being impulsive and, and, and trusting that gut feel thing. So, yeah, I look forward to that as well. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me. Thank you for the interview. Thank you that it didn't feel like an interview, that I'm like not rushed to answer question one and question two. I also just feel like I was chatting to you. Just and a uh, because I think yeah. it's just a conversation and it allows for it allows for honesty when it's like that because I can really just tell you my thought process without necessarily worrying what I don't even know what questions you asked. I, I just told you what it triggered in me. So thank you for, for giving me the space to do that. I really appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. You have a great one too.